Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy Monday to you. Uh, like most Mondays around here lately, we've got so much to get to, including a signature win, certainly for Penny Hardaway and the Tigers Yesterday, on the road to Texas A&M, David Jones, Javon Quinterly, Caleb Mills, they were all good. So was Memphis's defense in an 85-81-75 win. We will talk about what it means for Memphis and what it looks like going forward. But an absolutely huge win for the Tigers on the road on Sunday. Grizzlies back at it tonight after losing Friday night at home to Minnesota. Uh, they'll be taking on a Mavericks team that will not have Kyrie Irving, will not have Grant Williams. Uh, yet Grizzlies still underdogs one and a half. Last time I looked at the line there, of course, you can hear pregame right here on 92.9 FM ESPN starting at 6.30. That tip is at 7 o'clock. Lakers win the first in-season tournament. And as LeBron said, they'll never be able to take it away from them. They were the first. LeBron made board news the next day because Bronny made his debut. We all got to see it. USC lost, by the way. Um, and it was statement time in the NFL this weekend. Certainly Dallas made one. Buffalo, I thought, made one as well. Patrick Mahomes making statements, but he's mad. Mad statements. He is upset. We will talk about why. And, of course, we'll talk about what my man John Martin, who I'm hoping we can hear loud and clear from the uh, Vegas Strip, saw yesterday. 3 nothing at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders go down to Vikings. John was sitting right there for it all, for all the action, weren't you, baby? Yes, I was. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. The, the good thing about going to the Raiders home games my. is that the Modellos are big. You needed them, I imagine. How many did you have, bro? Oh, I don't. I don't more know. P- more than points scored. That's for sure. I, by both hammer, teams, hammer the over. Man, I looked at this. Yeah, one. that was. Um, I read your Twitter. Was, so you spent nine hundred to get in. Well, that was for that was a pair, but yeah. So divide that by. I'm here, my buddy Chris. Uh, but divide that by two. It was just a complete disaster. The way that entire process worked. For oh my three, god, bro! Nothing game. Well, you know, I will say this. I hope it was a beautiful sight to be in Allegiant with all those people. Well, that it was. Because I'd have felt robbed. That, th- there is no question about okay. that. I mean, that okay. that place for a game, I mean, it was, bro, it was sold out. It was beautiful. I, I mean, saw was, your pictures. Yeah, it looked beautiful. A lot of Vikings fans, but, I mean, every seat was filled. I mean, it was awesome. And just imagine in the Super Bowl in that place, man, that is going to be just um, one one hell of a sight. Who lit it was the flame? Who lit yesterday. the flame? Who lit the flame? Don't y'all do a, uh, a, a guest? We didn't, we didn't. We didn't get there early enough thanks oh. to Ticketmaster shenanigans, so oh, we'll I couldn't even tell that. you. I'm sorry. I'll be. I'll be. Hopefully, I'll be able to tell you Friday who did Thursday. But dude, consider this. I didn't even know that Justin Herbert got hurt yesterday. So consider this. In my time in Vegas, two Raiders home games. There is a very good probability that I am going to have seen five different quarterbacks, bro. That's absurd. Think about that. Think about that because Dobbs got benched yesterday from right, Owens, right? right? Aiden O'Connell's probably about to get benched, and they're probably gonna, they're talking about going back to Jimmy G. So that's four, uh, and then Easton Stick is going to be in there for Herbert on Thursday. So uh, kind of insane. You Just, may you uh, may not see a touchdown in two games. I know. I'm, I think as soon as the show is over, I'm going to walk my happy ass down to the book here, and I'm going to hit the under, uh, and uh, which I think is like thirty three and a half. 
and I'm going to feel really good about it because I don't. And now Jacobs is hurt too, so uh, oh I don't really goodness. know how anybody's going to score. So, um, but it, other than that, man, just being there. And once I got the Ticketmaster stuff to, finally taken care of, I had to tweet about it to get any action, which I feel bad for people that don't have a platform like that. That's the part that drives me crazy. Um, it was an awesome just being. The game sucked, but there's a certain beauty, man, to a zero-zero game through four quarters. It's like it's a complete ish show. Uh, and I kind of enjoyed it in a weird, twisted way. So it was, well, it was no, great being in there, the, man. It was you got the under yeah, on the Raiders season win total. So in a weird that's exactly way, right. Well, that's, it was that's, a happy that's day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Welcome. All good. On that. Glad to be here. Glad to, I'm looking out, bro. I mean, this is Set the same for us in Vegas. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you see the you know beautiful mountains. Uh, you know, on the backdrop of all of it, I'm looking mm. at Mandalay Bay. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at MGM Grand. Mm. All uh, that opportunity. New York, New York Park mm. MGM. I mean, I, I can see Allegiant. I'm staring. I'm like directly across from Allegiant Stadium, and I can see it. I mean, it is really well, that makes a me beautiful feel great. sight. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're living through you right now, John. I'm, I'm willing to do a whole three hours with you today. I love this well, view good. so I mean, much. I feel like we could talk Tigers down there for three hours after that win yesterday. Yes. That was a big one. I don't know. Now, how much of it did you get to see being out no, there? Not, okay, not right. a single thing. Well, it's a good I mean, thing your partner was locked in. It's good I thing have opinions about in. it, but Very I good. didn't see any of it. Okay. So, I mean, we have to. I'm going to be totally honest with everybody listening, as I always am. Can you set up the show from out there in terms of our one guest? Yeah, I'm happy to do that okay. uh, live. Uh, Jason and John, one half from Las Vegas, going to be joined by Jason Fitz, who also happens to be in Las Vegas. Uh, he's going to come up here to the hotel room and Everybody's do it. No, working from play. Vegas this week, he, except us. That's right. He, he, oh, they're doing it in the up. hotel room together. Wow. That's no, nice. he's not. He's not going to do that. Oh, I was no. just kidding. But but uh, he oh, will wow. join us okay. at 125. He's Excellent. out here actually doing some work uh, potentially for uh, VSEN, which is the. Um, you know, the Vegas sort of sports brand that has a lot of, uh, you know, sports betting content. Yep. So uh, we're going to talk to him about that game yesterday, obviously uh, NFL weekend, uh, get into all of that. Jags lose again. Jags lose again, two straight. Trevor Lawrence plays, but they cannot get it done, which Black is uh, kind of getting interesting, right, in terms of the division. And I guess the Texans lost, so that helps. Yeah, but. man, CJ, man. Yeah, they could not, they couldn't do anything. Then he got, you know, concussed. Uh, it, it appears, and so yeah, don't know where the Texans are at following that loss this yeah, weekend. That division is weird, bro. It's a week to week league, so we'll get into all that with uh, Jason Fitz at one twenty-five. Got respect burgers at one o'clock, as we always do, uh, and a disrespect dog. So that is the show today. But uh, look, a, a, as you talked about, um, unfortunately, you know the game at, at Allegiant was taking place at the exact same time as Memphis Texas A&M. I mean, Memphis closed as a significant underdog. Uh, I think. I mean, they were eight here. It was eight? Uh, I thought, at, no, seven and a half. Did it get up to eight? Yeah, they were eight at, at Caesars when that game tipped. Um, so again, oh. massive underdogs and you correct me if I'm wrong, but was this not a wire to wire? Um, did it take saying him might have led two to zero or something? Yeah, maybe early on, but Memphis had, had a lead at the half and then it got close two points there in the second half. I believe it got down to two before again, Memphis made another run, controlled it for the most part in the second half, got a little bit sloppy there with the ball late. Uh, that game was not as close really as the, as the six point, uh, 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 margin would indicate because Memphis sort of got, you know, got a little generous there at the end, turning the ball over. And that's something they've got to get cleaned up in terms of turnovers. That's one thing that's hurt them the last couple of games. But no, controlled the game for the most part. And again, you're doing it on the road uh, against a team that, quite frankly, John is built to do it, built to hurt you. Because right now, defensive rebounding, we said going in that game, you know, an issue for the Tigers been a theme all season long. They're number two in the country. So the way, the way they're kind of built is to destroy a team like you. And yet the Tigers were able to control it. You talk about David. Jones, Javon Quinley, Caleb Mills, you controlled that game mostly from start to finish. I mean, to me, and then you have sort of this news this morning, right, um, of Naquan Tomlin being on campus. I mean, it, it it's starting to feel and look like, okay, th- this team is really going to have a chance to, to make a, a, a magical run. I mean, when you can do that, when you can go into Texas A&M and they have a, you know, they have a specific style, as you mentioned, that's sort of built to destroy you and where Memphis has struggled. Add to that, you have sort of the, you know, obviously our, we, we continue to uh, wish Jordan Brown the best as he continues to deal with this illness. <laughs> um, 
That is you know so that is so crazy. And the way Penny is kind of smiling when he's when he's saying it as far as I know. I know, bro. Say, it's like what what are I we mean, doing here, man? What that's are we some doing? real that's some real godfather stuff he's doing with that one. Because he could yeah. just kill this if he wanted to. I no just question. I wonder is it old Penny keeping the options open? You know what I'm saying? Depend but uh, now that you know we've got news that your Kansas State yeah, guys on campus. Know. Like you know how Penny keeps the options like with Malcolm Dandridge this summer. You know what I'm saying? Like Penny yeah. will keep doors open before clo- you know, completely closing them. I just wonder how much of this was that. It does feel I mean we've I mean, had to report like, that Jordan Brown like, is not thing. returning. If, so so if why Jordan not just Brown, kill it then, John? If he's not coming I, I, back, I wish I maybe he's had a chance trying... to two or three times and hadn't done yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my guess is they're trying to make sure they get Naquan Tomlin. And if they get Naquan Tomlin, which it seems pretty likely that they will based on the, you know, reports, um, that's when he'll, you know, Jordan Brown's illness will miraculously be cured, but he will not be a part of this team. Like, I mean, that's the thing about it. People were like, when the news broke on Friday night uh, or whatever, yeah, that, that what was it happened after yeah. we got out of here? Yeah. Yeah, when it broke on Friday night, you know, and I and I was kind of making jokes of it. I was like, man, season long quarantine. Like I just, you know, like I was just making people like, well, you're gonna be feeling real bad if he's really ill. And like, dude, the head coach is laughing as he says it. Okay, like it couldn't be more transparent that this entire thing is a joke. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I look. My guess is the whole thing, as it usually is, is manufactured to protect people, but. Um, I mean, if you if you think Jordan Brown is actually really sick still, and that's why he's not on this team, I got some beachfront in Millington. I got for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I no, mean, I, no, no. I, I, look, the good thing was is that you know you didn't need him on Sunday. That said, we'll we'll see what happens with Tomlin. I still think. I mean, you saw it last. You saw it yesterday. The great thing for Memphis was again against a, a a team that's sort of built to destroy you inside was that you were able to play your style. Like by the end of it, you had Jordan at the five. You were able to play a small ball style that ended up working and controlling the game. You had Jordan at the five and Jaquan Walton at the four. And the fact yep. that now I'm not telling you you can do that against Virginia and, and Clemson and everybody else, but the point was you were you were able to control that playing your tempo and playing your way against again a, a Texas A&M team that's you know can kill you inside. And so that uh, as much as I, I, I say that to say you could use another body, whether it's Jordan, uh, you know, Jordan Brown or, or Tomlin, whatever it is, they can really use that other body. John, I don't know if Malco was in foul trouble, and it forced Memphis to go small yesterday, uh, obviously, with Malco being out, having to go out. Uh, I think it was about eight minutes left that he fouled out of that game, and they had to go small. But all that said, they could still use another body inside, and I, I mean, that's... Uh, obviously, that's that's indicated by the fact that this kid is on campus from camp. What now? What's the? I saw some some different stuff come out about him over the weekend. I don't know, maybe not different, but but some further reporting in terms of what happened at Kansas State. And again, we're we're talking about this Tomlin. Was he six ten, John? Six yeah, nine, yeah, six I ten. Mean, big long kid. Yeah, uh, played well for them last year during 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 the run. Did you see it? Where but still no charges filed, right? In terms of like, I saw where where there might be some, you know, whether it's NCAA in terms of. Uh, uh, coming down with a punishment or whatever, would he just be eligible immediately and all that is behind him? Or was there is there going to be more to it than that? I don't know if you've had a chance to stick your 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 toe or your nose in it. Well, yeah, I... I, I well, I'm just going to tell you what I've heard, okay? Please do. It, like, he I'm not, I'm be not on right, campus okay, like, if they didn't think he couldn't play, the, you know, n- right. number one. So I'm, if, I'm, if they I'm didn't saying think this, this on air, I'm not... And I, and I do want to, like... I do want to, you know, differentiate. I'm saying this on air. I'm not writing this, right? Like, so I, I want to, you know, stress that this is, this is. I've heard this, but you know, it's 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 speculative. You know what I'm saying? In sort of its nature. So I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, what I've heard from people that are close to Kansas State are that he um, he got drunk at uh, a place called Aggie Land. Uh, I, I don't know what the what the hell that is, but he got drunk at a place like uh, at a place called Aggieland or Aggieville, sorry, Aggieville, and uh, he got a diversion. Um, and the president at Kansas State, um, like made the decision. The AD cleared him, but the president at Kansas State, yep. who they describe as a tyrant, okay, and that that's why there's been a lot of pushback. Okay, yeah. Yeah, overstepped, and uh, and 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 he made the decision that Tomlin could not be a part of the team. Um, and so, yeah, Aggieville is a bar in Manhattan or a community like you know, like uh, you know, Peabody Place or Overton Square or something. You know what I'm saying? Yep. 
So he went out to he went out and he got you know to an altercation or something and he got a diversion, um, and he was cleared by the AD. And the president didn't want it to 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 happen, and um, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. And, well, twelve on five points per game, two blocks uh, in the NCAA tournament. I mean, look, I, as you know, I was on. If you remember, I was on Kansas State to make the Final Four. Remember, I had that futures bet last year, yep. and so so I watched a lot of Tomlin was the a big Kansas part State. Of it. And yeah, I mean, it was obviously with most of it was Marquise Noel, but. You know, he, the the he he would do like a lot of little stuff that added up to winning games. Um, he started and, all, he started thirty six games for him last year. Yeah, I mean he's he's so One much of, of a better fit for the way Memphis basketball wants to play. Right. He's the typical Memphis big. You know, he's not he's not like thick or anything, but he's long, lanky, athletic. Can up and get up and down the floor really easy. He stepped out and, and shot the ball well too. Uh, it, it, you know, if my memory serves, so he's a real uh, difference maker, I think, for this Memphis team. And like when you can do what you did yesterday, is the poll out yet? AP poll? I think that'll be around noon. I'm I'm not okay. expecting it, John. You sound like you well, that's are. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Athletic didn't have him in their top twenty-five. I think Rothstein still got him in his new one. He's got him twenty-six or twenty-seven. It just be, How, bro? because I mean, they because if you last week I think it was only around five points. I don't know how many votes that is? Five points in terms of the others receiving votes. Some count as five. Anyway, five votes. They were way down in the others receiving votes last week. It's the number twenty-one team in the in the country. Yes, and you did it on the road. On the but the, road. But the fact that you were way down and others receiving votes, it's a lot of ground. But a lot of that based on a wonky net that came out last week. And you've seen there's been some course correction. You, are, there 40, you go up 41, 31 spots for, a, you know, yeah. a win over a Texas A&M team that's lost to, you know, Virginia, lost to, uh, you know, Florida Atlantic. I mean, it's not like there's some A&M, excuse me. Um, it's not like it's some, you know, huge win. Uh, we'll see. I, I would be pleasently surprised. I mean, if I, just say, I would just say, 25. I mean, doing it on the road as an eight-point underdog, like, deserves a big jump, in my opinion. I mean, we could sit here and we can, you know, uh, we can arbitrate and we could say that, oh, A&M may not be as good. or But, like, if Memphis would have lost I mean, it's yesterday, a quad one win. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're not. I'm well, just that's saying, what I'm saying. Like, if Memphis had lost yesterday, well, we, we would It's not you the know. number one team in the country is what it, is what, or top ten team is I mean, what I'm telling I, yeah. you it would take for you to go from, you know, five points last week and the others receiving votes to end. I, and, and I'm I looking agree. at other polls that don't have them in. All these guys are pretty I, – I, like I said, I think Memphis should have already been in, and we wouldn't have been having this conversation, and maybe they're just outside of it based on last week. But uh, whatever, man. I'm, I'm not going to get overly uh, excited about whether or not they're in or not. I mean, this is a team that clearly passes the eye test. Can you have 25 teams with better resumes than what Memphis has done at Missouri, at Texas A&M? Uh, Michigan and Arkansas at neutral sites, bro. I would put those wins up against damn near any uh, any resume in college basketball, like uh, with, the, with the exception of like Purdue. You know, I mean, I don't think you're going to find you're. I know for a fact you're not going to find 25 teams that have four wins as impressive as the ones Memphis has this early in the season. And so that's why I'm like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You lost to Villanova. Uh, you know, on a neutral side, and yeah, you got blown out, and and uh, you know, that, and that's yeah, hurt you too, John. That's hurt you too. The fact that those, you know, Villanova right. has, has gone on to what lose three of four after they after they beat you, uh, Arkansas Super you know, Bowl, bro. You know, all of that. That that's that hasn't those wins haven't. Maybe they will be by the time it's all done. The Arkansas one certainly, but those wins haven't. You know, had sort of the relevance that you'd hope they have. All that said, you got the twenty. What is it? Fourteenth best strength of non-conference strength of schedule. You're seven and two. If I'd have asked you through nine games, if you'd take seven and two before the season, you'd said hell yeah. And so I would have said that the, is. The, I would have said the Tigers Jason, are in a great that spot. That would be the best they could hope to do. You know, the, the that's what I would have said. The, the thing was, last year they were ten and three in non-conference, and then you'd look at this what's left, and you'd say you probably take ten and three. The the thing was, they were twenty sixth. And non-conference strength of schedule, so a ten and three against the fourteenth toughest non-conference strength of schedule that includes, as you mentioned, a road win at a ranked Texas A&M. You got two wins over teams that were ranked at the time. I think that is enough. Again, bar you know, barring something unforeseen in conference play and in the conference tournament, I think that's enough to get you out of the eight nine. You are pointed in the right direction right now, and the trajectory is up when you can go in there and get one like this. What the point? What we're arguing? Nobody is going to give it to Memphis, whether it's the national writers or whatever else. So if you're going to go take this higher seed and you're going to impress this election committee, you needed to get, particularly coming off the the shaky last two of three games, you needed to get a win like Sunday. They do, and now the arrow is pointed up, John. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't know if you know. I don't know. I mean, we look. We don't know how the rest of the season is going to play out. We don't know. Um, 
you know, can they beat Clemson, you know, uh, at home next weekend? I mean, that Clemson team is really good. Undefeated. PJ Hall's one. Yeah, well, PJ Hall is one of the best players in college basketball. So that's going to be a real challenge for, um, you know, Malcolm Dandridge, for example, or Jordan or whoever they put on them. Um, can they beat Virginia? You know, I will say the fact that both of those games are at the crib, I think, are just massive. Um, and I think they are going to be favored in both those games. So, I, I mean, if you'd have just sat me down and said, hey, John, you know, with everybody, everything on the schedule, with the Battle for Atlantis, with all these you know, power five teams with history and tradition, you know, what, what, you know, seven and two, I swear to God, would have been the best I could have ever th- thought they would do. Um, you know, and, and Ole Miss really, I mean, you know, you caught some bad breaks there at the end and that you could easily be sitting here eight and one. And so I just, I really believe that, um, you know, everything that we talked about incredibly, even with the no DeAndre Williams, even with no Jordan Brown. You know, we'll see what happens with Naquan Tom and all that feels that feels like the most Penny Hardaway thing ever. Uh, this season is shaping up to be as good as we hoped it would be like. And I think that's that's the takeaway for me. You know, nine games in is that everything we said and everything that we said was possible. It, it's playing out exactly like that. Well, I don't know that we thought we'd get this kind of David Jones. I mean, he had 21 of his 29 and that you'd get this kind of production from this kid. And I remember telling you last was it last week or the week before? Like, if Memphis can get to where, you know, we think it's possible they can, especially if they had Tomlin, Jones is going to be up for All-American status. I mean, you, you, had, yes, you, you had Buzz Williams, much like Muss did, you know, after, after David Jones went and scored 36 on, all, uh, you know, on, on, on Arkansas. You had Buzz Williams raving about, you know, Jones' first-half performance and how it was otherworldly was the word he used. Like, you have a guy... And that you know, it, it was so. What was so crazy, John, about the Ole Miss loss is that you know he didn't get the ball down the stretch. But back to the point, um, you have a guy right now that you know, in terms of college basketball, trying to stop him, it can't. When things are going well for David Jones and the shot is dropping, you can't stop that. Yesterday, you finally Quinterly in the second half starts to assert himself again, and it's to back to your point. It's what we expect. And Caleb Mills is that third option. He scores eleven of his thirteen points in the second half. They're doing all this right now without Jaquan. Walton knowing where his shooting touch is. It's gone, it's, it's gone way off the map, and yet they put Jaquan in a role yesterday where he's the four, and at least he's rebounding for you down the stretch. My point is that you know, three weapons there that essentially were too much for Texas A&M, just those three guys, you know, that they are getting to a point now where it feels like they're starting to figure things out, John. We talked about it coming out of Ole Miss, shaky win against the VCU team as 500. They said we're not on the same page. You saw a team on the same page in a tough road environment yesterday against a, you know, against a, a Buzz Williams coach team that had nothing but revenge on its mind after you beat them last year. Uh, and so, again, that was yeah. as impressive as it gets. You're doing it shorthanded in the sense that you don't have much in your front court. Malco fouled out yesterday. They add Tomlin. It starts to get you know really exciting again, and maybe maybe almost John not not to the level it was when you thought there was a possibility you have DeAndre Williams, but dude Tomlin and that with this style, you know, someone that can uh, whether it's junk baskets or just be a, a factor in the you know in the post, but more to the point, play Memphis's speed that length sort of goes along with Memphis. I mean, you're you're you know that that's a development that I'm sure Dusty May and Florida Atlantic would look at and say, "Oh my gosh, man! Well, we didn't need them to add him." I mean, they're probably already looking. You both beat Texas A and M. You seem like you're headed for a collision course, and you would be getting a serious reinforcement if you can add Tomlin. And hell, it's yeah, a win I mean, for Penny it, just to have him on campus with that list that he had. Was Gonzaga well, I mean, and everybody else the in the country visit. was interested? Yeah, he's the first visit, bro. So I mean, I think that here. sort of tells that's you two wins. everything. That's two wins yeah. from over the weekend. Then getting him, and then and then getting the win. I mean, it's, I mean, it's honestly insane that Memphis has a chance to do this. You know, is this? He's a sophomore. Is he a sophomore? Um, okay. I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his. Uh, I mean, he's only got one season at, at ESPN in terms of uh, played. It's last year. So, is this? I mean, are you getting a guy that could be here for multiple years? I mean, I think that's no. He graduated. What are we talking yeah, that, about? That's what I, I said. Didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not. I don't know why it's only showing one season though. At, at ESPN.com. That's kind of strange. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, you're looking, you're talking about a guy that's got big game experience, you know, having gone to the Elite Eight last year and made big time plays, you know, had 14 and six against FAU, 11 and seven against Michigan State, 12 and six, four blocks against Kentucky in the second round. I mean, this is a guy that, um, would just fit in seamlessly. Um, and, and to be able to get this done at this stage in the freaking season, um, <laughs> Penny Hardaway ain't playing because he gets it. I think he sort of sees, you know what I mean? Um, 
whatever NIL it's going to take, I think he sort of sees that this season is on the cusp of potentially being a really special one. Um, and so you have to go all out and you have to do everything you, you can do to, you know, cause, cause Malcolm's playing great. He's, uh, he's for him. He's battling. He's doing everything. He's been, gotta, Malcolm's I mean, been nothing short of fantastic with as much, as badly as they've needed him in this time. Right. I mean, I know it's just three, but the seven rebounds and the 12 minutes he played for how badly they yep. need rebounding at this point. But to your point, I, I cannot depend on that all season long. You cannot. I, I you desperately cannot. need some some more help in there for him. Oh, shout out. I mean, Jordan, too. I will say this about because I, yeah, I, I thought, he's a good player. You know, I thought physically there, there were t- a VCU. You're giving up all those offensive rebounds that he wasn't getting a body on guys. He played more physical. Actually dunked on a guy inside, dunked on a guy's head in there. And again, for what he is. Uh, playing the five for you in a small ball, I mean, he stepped up yesterday too, but back to the point, they could use the reinforcements there, and Tomlin is is more than just, you know, a suitable replacement. This guy comes and adds talent and maybe enhances what you are, John. No doubt about it, man. There's no doubt about it. Um, and look, I mean, if, you're, if you end up in that stupid 8-9 game again, um, you are going to be a nightmare. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be when Michigan saw that Alabama made the playoff. That's how the one seed in that region is gonna feel when they see it. Um, I mean, that's just the facts. Hopefully, they. I, I don't think that's. De- I don't think that. No, they're I think. I think. That. Well, now you're. You know, I, I would say you've taken a step out of that game. You know, with your win There's on Sunday. Yes. You know, a step up. Well, like I mean, you're like you know, okay, so let's but say not like, that you couldn't step right back into it because we know well, the yeah, selection can, committee loves sure. sticking the. You know, the loves sticking you there. Uh, but you no. don't want to. You don't want to be seven to ten either. You know, like can you get to six uh, eleven? I think six seed needs to be the goal, uh, and anything better than that would obviously be gravy. But you know, you would take your chances with, you know, I mean, a three seed. See, it right? was it, in the it, second round. It, it was critical in the sense too. If you're hoping to get above FAU, right? Remember that they knocked off Texas A&M too. But you you can claim right. you can show the the selection committee. You can say our win over Texas A&M is better. That one for FAU was on a neutral floor. We go into College Station and we beat them. And so again, it, you yeah. know, comparing the resumes of you and FAU going to it's it's going to be super important. Ultimately, probably what happens in terms of the conference championship and everything else may dictate who's on top of who there. But it looks yep. to me like you're you're getting closer, John, to being right with them. And again, so critical you got the win yesterday with FAU already having. If you don't get that win yesterday, FAU's got a separator on you. In addition to whatever happens in conference play, pointing to, okay, this ranked Texas A&M team, we beat on a neutral neutral floor. You won up them yesterday, essentially, by going and getting the one on the road, and you get two more great opportunities the way things lined up here with Clemson and Virginia, an undefeated Clemson team and a Virginia team that both should be ranked, right? I mean, both of them should be ranked. Yes, when you see them. And Clemson is, again, like, they have one of the best players in all of college basketball that nobody probably listening to this knows about in P.J. Hall. Uh, he's been there forever, he, 6'10", yeah. and he's shooting 41% from three, bro. He's, he's, I mean, he's fourth in Ken Palm's Player of the Year uh, ratings yeah, right man. now, to your point. I mean, it's, this is definitely individually, yeah. the, the, individually, this is the toughest uh, matchup Memphis will probably have all year, honestly, because um, – you know, I mean, I guess I, I'm assuming Jordan is going to draw that assignment because um, I don't think Malco has the foot speed laterally to, to you know, to to do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing. I think this will be a very short number on Saturday. I think Memphis will be favored, uh, but I do think it will be you know very tight. It will be very very tight, and uh, Memphis is going to have to play really really good basketball to win. But if they do. Buddy, I what, mean, you're really starting to put together a hell of a resume. What kind There's of no atmosphere do you think it'll be on Saturday after not having played a home game, you know, since November 17th? You've got a you've got a a, a Memphis team now that I think, especially because of the win yesterday, that if you're if you're a fan of this team, you're you're certainly more confident in coming off yesterday. Good chance, you know, maybe we'll see in terms of the ranking. But what kind of turnout? What kind of crowd? Uh, and we've heard Stansberry, you know, comment on crowds so far. Again, all of that said, your your first two home games have been Jackson State, Alabama State. Not much of a measuring stick. What kind of crowd do you expect on Saturday down at FedEx Forum with this team having been away from home so long, but then come through a pretty tough schedule sitting here at seven and two? You feel pretty good. I hope it's a a great atmosphere. Although, is it true that this game is on ESPN Plus, bro? Is that possible? I didn't look. I didn't look ahead to see what it's on. 
I'm looking at the and I'm again, look, isn't I'm, that I, something they can change up since you're going to get a ranked Clemson team and maybe a ranked Memphis team? I mean, it, I'm looking at it right now. ESPN Plus is what it says on the game preview at ESPN. Remember, how was this game on ESPN Plus? Well, that's a joke. because initially it was you know Clemson was an NIT team last year that had higher expectations this year, but nobody looked at them as a, as a a world beater, and certainly not a team that was going to come into this thing undefeated. So that's probably how it started there. Again, my guess would be that you could switch this up. I'm not sure what's on you know ESPNU uh, on Saturday, but maybe there's a chance they can switch it up. If if not, then yeah, that's that's a that's a sad state of affairs that you're having to watch this one. Yeah, he is, he, even he more is, reason to get down there to FedEx Forum. You is Saturday doing all those Christmas. college football subdivisions right now. That's oh, what they so they can't ESPN. they can't they can't put it on the. You're saying they can't put it on ESPN. But like they've got right the now. Division Two stuff and all that that ancillary programming's on ESPNU. So I'm sorry. It, well, John, I'm you know I'm sorry. That's a, that, that sounds like it disappoints you. If that's if that's it is it, it, it is a disappointment because I mean that's what you that that's you reserve those games for like Memphis and South Florida. I mean not friggin' Memphis Clemson with potentially two ranked teams playing. I mean I just think that's dumb as hell. But whatever. I I guess I I guess I understand preseason. You didn't necessarily expect this from Clemson, but it's still a power five essentially matchup. So I don't know. Um, yeah, it says ES- to- right now on ESPN, it's got an ESPN Plus game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't. Can we get that flexed? I mean, that's better than you it's know, actually that same that same day on ESPNU is Florida Atlantic against St. Bonaventure. Can we get that switched what, off? The one's a two I mean, p.m. start, doing? one's a three yeah. p.m. start. Maybe you can't because of what's what you got before. But uh, yeah, ESPN Two's got Texas A and M Houston that day at one thirty thirty minutes before the Clemson Memphis tip. So there it might be the other games that prevent you from getting on at the. Uh, but I would take yeah, Florida. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, I, I mean, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe that's like because it's harder to find that it's going to be more people in the building, and I hope that's the case. They did. I mean, at this point, this team has earned it, and you know we talked about again to sort of put the bow on this. You know, the team e- even you get the win at VCU, but the team feeling like it's not all on the same page. That was the team looked like it was on the same page, and a lot of it, John. I'll be real honest with you. Penny was rolling with his dogs in that second half. I mean, it, it's what it was, he said he was going to do, and it's what he said he was going to do, and he stuck to it. And and the dogs pulled him through. And so I thought that w- that was a big part of it too. Is that you know the the guys it, easier to get on the same page if you're out there, right? If you're out there all the time, you know where this guy's going to be. Um, and I can't say enough about the player that that Memphis guy. I mean, you're, when, I when mean, it signed you know, David Jones. My gosh, David Jones is having an All American type season right now. He, we said he we said he was going to be you know in that discussion. And uh, I mean, because you could just well, tell they, they know, go out and beat Clemson in Virginia. He's going to really be in the discussion because you're going to you're going to have a hard time with Memphis not being a you know a high seed, barring against something crazy in conference play. Uh, they go out and knock mm-hmm. off Clemson, Virginia. Uh, David Jones going to be all up in the All American mix. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, man. I mean, Penny went with a seven man rotation yesterday. Yes, sir. You know, yes. I mean, and that's, and and that's that, what again, he It got even shorter when Malco fouled out. You know what I'm saying? I yep. mean, and yep. right now, Malco, again, an important piece, but adding a Naquan Tomlin, again, uh, uh, just it, it further bolsters you. And you there's not yep. so much of a reliance on Malco, who, listen, he's held up. We're talking about, you know, his foot speed and everything. Did you hear Jordan raving about how good he is? I, yeah. you, I know usually it's lip service when other players talk about their teammates. Of course, but the guy honestly said, "I didn't think dude was that good when I first got here." He blew me away with the the mix of uh, of quickness to go with the big. You know, you heard ESPN comment on his shoulders and everything else. The way Michael is built is unbelievable, and it's just being a matter of holding up. He's been holding up pretty good, but I'll feel a lot better about things again if you can add another body in there, particularly one like Tomlin. Yeah. Another 35-minute night for David Jones. A lot of people, I'm not going to say no names, but a lot of people told me he wasn't built for that. I said, how many you want him to play? He played well, He played 40 against VCU, and, and how many last night? 36? 30, 30, 30, uh, yesterday afternoon, 36? What would you say? He's doing what you want. Were you trying to call that a win? Did we just lose John? I think we lost John. That's fine, because we were just about done anyway. we got to go to break, don't we? No, it? I'm here. Oh, okay. Now we got you. Now we got you. Yeah, I, I just, I just, you went I silent needed, there. You I needed a minute. No words on David, right? You had to, to to gather your thoughts on how good he's been. When when he plays 35, I'm gonna call this a win. When he plays 35 minutes, it will be a win for Memphis more times than Bro, not. I texted you so. yesterday because I knew you were uh, preoccupied with the game. I told you, I said this dude's got 21 in the first half, John. I didn't even get no text back. <laughs> you must have been going through. I it mean, with you're t- talking t- about t- a, you're starting to talk about like. In the in the in the annals of history, 
You know what I'm saying? Where does he rank as I'm serious. all-time great scorers, bro? And if you for get, this if you got Quinterly playing like he was playing, particularly in the second half yesterday, in terms of the backcourt itself, the dude, the dude, they combined for 53 points. Quinterly that's, had 24, I mean, that's a, and Mills was just it, as important yeah. in the second half because I think he had 11 of his 13 in the second half. But those yep. two, particularly in terms of backcourt, man, I mean, they can they can they can go off at any well, point. And if they're again playing I mean, that's together, what we said, right? I if mean, they're playing together, we, it's really it's really dangerous. Appears and certainly it, it was for Texas. Hundred percent. And and it's just that simple, man. I mean, you got you got to stop. You know, you, you, you just have to do exactly what you did yesterday. I just don't think it could be any more obvious for Penny at this point. You add Naquan, okay? You can go eight man. That's fine. But you know, I feel like the sample size is so big now that you know. And and, and look, maybe there's a situation. I mean, I, I think the way you put it earlier last week is sort of the way I would really try to do it. Is again in these big games that that you have to have to get to the NCAA tournament, I would really lean away from my young guys, you know, or my unproven guys. And then when I get into conference play, you know, South Florida, Tulsa, Temple, all these rat teams, you know. That's when I would sort of try to work a little bit more on development where I can with Jonathan Pierre and, and Ashton, et cetera. But, I mean, it ain't got to be nothing but about them dogs and them studs that you got in the top seven. And if it stays that way, mm-hmm. you're going to get the results that this program has has uh, thirsted for and needed for, you know, a decade plus now and, and get that Sweet 16 run potentially. So I think it's all encouraging, my man. And uh, unless you have anything else to add on that. No, nah, brother. Um, put a nice little bow on it. I think we can... Yeah, uh, we can put a bow on it and get to some other things that are going on uh, in Memphis sports. John Morant uh, and uh, some of his family in court today. So, we'll, I, is this related to the 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 ball? Is that what we're on now? I mean, I lose track. Yeah, yeah. This is Holloway civil trial. Still, we got a okay. we uh, got a basketball down there as evidence apparently on how you do chicks. Yep. And uh, I think Devontae T and Ja uh, all down there. You know, this this morning, Ja I think to. So actually, Mike Miller testified uh, via deposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm gonna be yeah. real honest with you. I don't care about this. I care about there's four more games left till John Morant can play, and there's nothing that's going to come out of this civil trial that's going to prevent John Morant from coming back four games exactly. from now. This and is so just this all is just of this is part of you know whether or not Joshua Holloway, the Holloway family damages. gets there right. This, this it it does. I know everybody's glued in. He's a superstar. It's testimony. Right. It's a court right. you know, and everything else. But there there is nothing in terms of the Grizzlies season this year. There ain't anything relevant in this that I, that I'm overly worried about because again, it will not prevent him. From from coming back in four games. Nothing's going to come out of this that does that. 100%. So we'll get into that. Dak Prescott made his case for MVP last night as the uh, Cowboys handle the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Some sad news uh, with the Tennessee Titans franchise as they play Monday Night Football uh, tonight. So we'll get into all that coming up on the show. Don't go anywhere. This is the Jason John Show only on 92.9 FM ESPN. This holiday season, all your wishes coming true over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you didn't know, you should know. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So take the big favorite uh, like Green Bay tonight. That's what I do. And then you unlock that $150 and, and you're free to spend it on spreads, player props, over, under, spread it all around. The app's easy to use, fun to use, safe to use. They've got the entire range of betting options. You'll love FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash JSmith right now. Get in on this action. That's a great offer. Again, that promo code is JSMITH. It's only on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of 92.9 FM ESPN. You must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets. That expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem called Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. I'm Michael Jenkins helping you beat the book of BetQL. Week 14 in the NFL closes out with two Monday Night Football games, and the BetQL model is on a total in one of them. Green Bay has won three straight, and their offense under quarterback Jordan Love is starting to come together. They face a Giants team that has given up nearly 300 points so far this season. The BetQL model likes the Packers to move the ball on the G-Men, and their play tonight is the over between Green Bay and New York. I'm Michael Jenkins. Bet smarter and beat the books with BetQL, and download the BetMGM app today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. Jason and John, I'm in Vegas. Jason's holding down in Memphis. That's why this show sounds a little different. Doesn't sound that different. Not that but it sounds a little different. Yeah, you but sound. That's like the beauty that. of technology though, bro. It is. It is. I mean, it really like honestly, it's crazy. You know, like the idea that I can all I have to do to do this radio show, I can go anywhere in the world. I just need Wi-Fi. I just needed a, an adapter and I just need this portable blue Yeti mic and I'm on air and it sounds crisp and clear. That's like kind of mind blowing. You yeah, know, I, I don't, I don't like the way the light bulbs going off there on your little head. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't like what I'm hearing uh, because it's always more important uh, John, as you say, when you, you love having heard in studio, it's still more important to be at work. You know what I'm saying? It is amazing. No, what no, technology no, it's can not, do. But yeah, I'm sort no, of hearing no. a light bulb go off and you've been away a lot this year. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to need you to remember how great it is to be in studio. Remember how that, that, it is, that, it is great that, to be in studio. that ultimately produces the best, the best radio when we're in but studio you know, no, together. I agree with that hundred yes, percent. Just but don't you want know, you getting like, crazy is, here. It is, it is, uh, it is fun to be able to still like, to not be in Memphis, right, and still be able to do the show. Yes, and thank not, you. And not leave you, you know, uh, swimming up the Atlantic Ocean by yourself. Man, you should have heard Jeffrey this morning. My good, with Jeff in court. Yeah, it is tough on the other guy, right? When it, when his partner's down, and so uh, right. we we talk about that a little. Exactly. Jeff, Jeffrey is a pro's pro. He really is. He continues to amaze. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know who else continues to amaze though? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they, you know, look. Easy, easy for us to go into that game, and what what would we say? We would say, well, yeah, they beat up on the Giants, and they beat up on the Patriots, and they beat up on the Commanders, and they beat up on all these bad teams at home, and that's what they do. But what about when they play a team that's you know at the top of the NFC? We saw that in San Francisco when they got you know deed down, as they say. Yes. And then uh, earlier, uh, you know, last month they played Philly. I guess you'd say they played a pretty close. Should have probably won Outgained the game. Outgained them. They, they, you could should have won the yeah, game. But they did not. And so it's easy to sort of come up into this situation and say, well, this is what they always do. And, buddy, from the beginning of the, the, the freaking game, just going down methodically, getting anything and everything they wanted, uh, they never – this was never a game. Um, there was really never any point in the game where it felt like Philly was, was, was going to win. Um, Dak was – Freaking confident. Um, the play calling on offense was great. I mean, Philly just had no answer. I mean, they sure they you know you know the NFL is one of those things where you could sort of single out you know play two three and you know the the Philly fumbles were uh, were pretty devastating. But you know they made one play. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. They made right. one play on that scoop and score from Jalen Carter. O- outside of that, Dallas just handled them. And I guess my question to you is. After they do that, on top of what they've done, how much how much validation do you think a win like that gives to the rest of their work that they've put in the last month and a half? A lot. I, d- I do think this is this is not a the this is not a healthy Philly team. I will say that I'm not. I want to. I'm taking anything away from Dallas's win. You won at home. You needed to do this against a team that we feel like is a, a true contender. You're not done that all season, and so you went out and proved it. But but let's be real. Philly's defense right now is a joke. We started the year saying this team on both sides of the ball is as good as anybody, and and they're not right now. And whether that's linebacker play, secondary play, like they they have major issues defensively right now that I'm not sure whether or not they're going to be able to get cleaned up or not. Um, all of that said, you'd still dominated them. 
And, and that's what Dallas has done at home all season long. And, yes, you still had A.J. Brown out there. You still had Jalen Hurts out there. Uh, you still had Smith out there. By the way, all three of them uh, were, were the guys that turned the ball over. So, so I, I'm going to take nothing away from Dallas. I do wonder, is that, has that Philly team come down in a way that we think, okay, they may not be able to get back up? All of that said, you asked me about Dallas. I mean, if, if you're if you're asking me whether I want to, if they should be elevated up to San Francisco status, if we're still keeping Philly there, I think I think you can. I think you can safely put them certainly above the Detroit's of the world. There are clear cut two cuts above that. I tell you, Detroit at this point is looking pretty fraudulent. Um, yes. but I still, you know, Dallas on the road if they don't get the one there, seed, the and and right now, oh, oh, Dallas, you know, is tied for the NFC East lead and leads by tiebreakers, but their schedule is tougher than Philly's the rest of the way. And so they may yep. be back at a point where they've got to go out and do it on the road. They've been dominant home. Defense stepped up yesterday. When they are clicking, and especially at home, because that, you know, Collinsworth said it, their speed feels different when they're at home. When they're clicking, they're as good as anybody. But I, I, I just can't erase from my mind what San Francisco, you know, did to this right. squad. For I'm, I, right. you know, that, and, and that keeps me yeah. from telling you, yeah, now Dallas is the pick to win the Super Bowl. I do think Dak, rightly so, is now the betting favorite to, for MVP. I think he's had that kind of season. But I'm not, I'm not at a point where I'm elevating Dallas to one based on what I've seen this year. Dak's well, you play, can't. You can't. No. I mean, that's and, and frankly, they may not win. They still might not win their division. Well, I think that's going to be the question, right? Like that, that is um, – yeah, no, I mean, there's just no world where you're going to power rate the Cowboys ahead of the 49ers. They beat the living snot out of them, you know, when they met them earlier in the year. And I don't think anything is fundamentally different about either team. Uh, I think it's possible that the 49ers are just that matched up for them. You know, like there's always one team that you cannot beat, Maybe one so. team that you cannot figure out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably like the 49ers do what the Cowboys do better than they do, right? The Cowboys. As as well as Dak has played, what do they really want to do? They want to play power football. You know, I mean, they have they they have that West Coast offense, and it looks good when it's clicking. But what do they really want to do? They want to use those offensive linemen and just grind out yards with their running game, um, and Dak make throws where he has to, and keep it relatively simple. 49ers do that, and they do it better than, than the Cowboys, as, as we saw. So, uh, if that game's in San Francisco, I imagine it's probably going to open uh, what it was. You know, in week three or week four of the right. season, whenever that was. And I, I would expect San Francisco to win that game. But I would say in terms of everybody else, I think you have to I think you have to take the Philadelphia Eagles and downgrade them several spots. And you're right. I mean, they, they, they have some injuries and they've been playing a murderer's row in terms of a schedule. But I mean, they just didn't compete yesterday, man. I mean, they didn't score an offensive touchdown against the Dallas defense that, mm-hmm. it, you know, is down their best, you know, defensive back. Um, and I think that's the part of it that concerns me about them. Even with that offensive line, you know, are they fading a little bit here? Um, we'll see. I mean, they, you know, they can close the season strong and maybe we have a whole different opinion about them. But, you know, when they've kind of stepped up, I mean, they lose to Kansas City if Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches a very routine ball for a professional wide receiver, most likely. So, you know, other than that, you know, we may be to having a totally different conversation, but I, I would say for me, it, it opened my eyes about the Cowboys last night. Um, I didn't, I still was, didn't really, t- I mean, I bet against them last night. I'll be honest. I had three and a half Philly and it was dead on arrival. <laughs> so it, it opened my eyes a bit, Jason, on, uh, on, um, on, on Dallas there. And well, it won't mean, it, it won't, it don't mean a thing if you don't do it in the playoffs, as we know. Um, I just, I, I, but you were I talking would, about Dallas. The, the one little bit of push, you, you were talking about how Dallas would prefer to grind it out on you and, and, and just when Dak's got you know, to make the throw he can. I just I, I don't know that they're that. And when it gets cold, you know, with Tony Pollard running between the tackles, I think that, for me, that's the one, thing, one of the one things I question about them. You get into the playoffs, you know, things slow down. It becomes more of a grinded-out game. You got the passing offense. We know CD can get open in the slot at any point. It's can they, in the red zone, push past you with their, their run game if they need to. That's the I, I just To me, they still miss a guy like Ezekiel Elliott a little bit in that red zone. Maybe that's maybe that'll be a, a, a thing that they don't have any issue with whatsoever. But I just know I, you know, right now with McCarthy, the way they're calling plays, you know, they're they're letting Dak cook in a way. And um I just is Pollard that guy that can grind out yards if you truly need it. I just wonder if they don't if they have that red zone threat. That that'd be my one concern on Dallas, but you can't take away that was a super impressive win uh over a Philly team that I still believe is a contender even though it's got issues defensively. 
Yeah, so I thought that was a uh, certainly a statement uh, as those things go uh, last night at the NFL. And then, um, I mean, we came in here, I'm pretty sure it was after the Chiefs game, or excuse me, the Eagles game, and I was talking about Kansas City, you know, as I don't, I don't think they have the the ingredients to to you know even get back to the Super Bowl this year, and you know again last night and and I would say I mean that was a game where you could sort of maybe see it coming because the I mean the Bills were getting absolutely pounded by the sharp money. I mean that thing was a pick'em in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Um, but you know Mahomes is complaining to Josh Allen. He's complaining, you know, in the media about the, about officiating. I mean, this is it. Does it not just look really bad for them right now, Jason? Well, I will say people have asked, is it a bad look by Mahomes that he's voicing his frustration uh, in, in, in the way that, that you've seen, you know, after the game, even to your point, you're shaking hands with Josh Allen. You're still talking about it. I, I know why he's doing it because he feels like, you know, he laid off, on the non-pass interference call the week before when he says, I like it to come down to players. And so when they're making that call that Kadarius is offside there, he's ne- he said he's never had one called on him. you got to keep in mind, last year, last week he thinks, okay, I kept quiet about the officiant. I said players should determine it. And, and this week, in his eyes, they didn't let players determine it. They want to make a call at the end of the game that they didn't make on Scantling the week before. You understand? So that's sort of why he's coming at it this way. I still think he's going overboard. The guy you got to be mad at is Kadarius Toney. He's the professional wide receiver that should know to check with the ref like everybody else does on that play and make sure that you're behind the line of scrimmage. I understand it's the frustration of scoring a touchdown on that play, having it taken away. You've said, man, let players make plays right the week before and let the Valdez-Scantling interference go. But this week, the ref decides to call it. He's angry. He's got to let it go, John, because I'm with you. If he lets this whole the world's out to get us or now these refs don't have our back, it, it could truly derail them. In terms, of, I mean, that AFC, like we said, it's, it's, it's a mess right now. And so I just think he's gone a little bit overboard here, and it's a way to – listen – Patrick Mahomes can do this. He's he best quarterback for my money in, in the NFL. But in the end, it just comes off as, as whining because it, the guy that needed to know better was Kadarius Toney. And what it is more evidence of, John, is the fact that they're trying to pass off all these second-tier, you know, second third-tier type receivers as key, key parts this year. And it's come back to bite them over and over and over again this season. And that's what you should ultimately be more frustrated with is you don't have you know the kinds of weapons in there right now that you need to to be able to to avoid the small things like this that can come back and cost you and uh, right you know whether whether it's Kelsey's slowed or whatever that offense has not looked uh you know nearly as as dynamic and a lot of it is because of the cheaply paid weapons that they have to you know that they have to employ. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the you know that that is there is no question that that is the I mean, and I will say like defensively they had. You know they didn't have Pacheco last night. They didn't have uh, Tranquil or Cook on on the defensive side of the ball, so they were definitely banged up. Um, but I mean, if you've been watching this Chiefs team at all this year, I mean, you could you could you could easily Drop say passes, penalties. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just like again, it's the same. It was the same. You know, philosophy that the Patriots have with, with Brady. It's not that different. Um, you know, there were some years there where they had. Moss, obviously, but by the by the you know most of it was Tom Brady being asked to get the most out of below market you know average wide receivers mm-hmm. again with exceptions. But think about you know some of those first few Super Bowls, <laughs> you know uh, was it like Dion Branch and Hey Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.